Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome to Soul to Soul, right here at 101.9 Hi FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kiedman. Great to be with you here this wonderful afternoon as we get ready for the beautiful festival, the Yom Tov of Shavuos that's just coming up around the corner on Saturday night. And of course, as we know, transitioning from Shabbos, which is itself an inherently holy day, Yom Tov is a day that is holy because we make it holy. We transform an ordinary Sunday into a holy festival. That is our task as we commemorate and celebrate the anniversary when we receive the Torah at Mount Sinai 3,334 years ago. Before God gave us the Torah, there was a barrier between heaven and earth, something we discussed in the last episode. It was impossible to be truly connected to God while living an earthly material lifestyle. When God descended from the heavens to the earth and gave us his heavenly gift, the Torah, he lifted that barrier. He made it possible for us humans to have a genuine, real relationship with God. We are taught that Jewish festivals don't just celebrate ancient events. They also reenact these events on a spiritual level. We tap into the very symptoms that existed back then. And so on Shavuos, each year, God issues the Torah to us anew. We tap into that moment again. We we, we, we experience that moment when God expands and deepens our ability to grasp and to internalize the messages and lessons of the Torah. And in fact, the fact, the idea that it's, that it's called Zaman Matan Torah, and it's the time that God gives us the Torah, not just that God gave us the Torah, but the, that we are receiving it once again. And that's why the traditional blessing we wish each other during this time of the year is Kabbalah's Torah, to receive the Torah with joy and internal meaning. So we have to be receptacles to receive that gift of the Torah once again that God gave us 3,334 years ago, but God still gives it to us. When God gave us the Torah at Sinai, Shem asked for guarantors. And we know the Medrash tells us that the Jews offered their teachers and their elders, the Babas and the Zaydas, and so many others. But God declined until they suggested their children. And then God accepted. Only our children can assure that we will observe the Torah in future generations. And to this very day, we know that it is teaching the children that ensures the continuity, the perpetuation of the Torah in our lives. And so it is so important and vital that these very guarantors be present when the Torah is given. So I encourage all parents to bring their children to shul to hear the Ten Commandments this coming Sunday. Because when our ancestors were asked by God if they would accept the Torah, and the, the Medrash tells us that God offered it to all the nations of the world until the Jews accepted. What was their acceptance? How did they reply? They said, Na'asa We will do and we will listen. We will do came first without even knowing what it entails, without understanding what the laws mean. And with this, they pledged to obey the commandments before they even understood what its implications were. And this kind of obedience was not just a connection that bound them to the commandments, but to God, the commander. On Shavuos, 
we dwell on our ancestors' response, and we strive to adopt that very attitude in ourselves as well. In ancient Israel, all Jews would make the pilgrimage to the Beis Hamikdash, to the temple, on three festivals a year, the pilgrimage festivals, the Shalosh Regalim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So Shavuos is one of the holidays that all Jews celebrated in unison, together, basking in the glow of the Divine Presence. And the fact that it's called, the Hebrew word for pilgrimage is regal, means you, you need to utilize your legs. You need to move, you need to go, you need to be enthusiastic and passionate and engaged and involved. The very name Shavuos, what does it mean? Weeks. This Yom Tov is called weeks because the Torah instructs us to count each day for seven weeks beginning from the second night of Pesach and to celebrate Shavuos, the festival of weeks at the conclusion of these weeks. So Shavuos is the culmination of the seven-week preparation process. Last night we counted the 47th day, just two days left. For seven weeks we're counting each day, we're making every day count in anticipation of receiving the Torah. And so we prepare ourselves, especially in these final days before the Yom Tov, not only physically, and that's important and we'll discuss, how to make sure that our homes are prepared and we have all the food and necessary preparations, but also emotionally and spiritually, we have to prepare for this momentous occasion. And at the conclusion of these seven weeks, God bestows us the gift of the Torah that not only did our ancestors receive 3,334 years ago, but we too are experiencing it in our lives as well. It's explained in one of the Hasidic works of literature that it's also called Shavuos because on this day, Hashem took an oath. The word Shavuah means an oath to never exchange us with any other nation. And we took a corresponding oath never to abandon Hashem. So let's talk about how to get ready and prepared because an important part of the Yom Tov observance is the pre-Yom Tov preparation, just like with every Shabbos, as the Gemara says, only Misha Tarach Be'erev Shabbos, Yechem Shabbos. A person who prepares in advance can enjoy and experience it. If you just rock up to Shabbos, you haven't really truly prepared. You don't really experience it in the same way as one who has prepared, not only physically, but spiritually as well. So it's not a good idea to spend your Friday afternoons at the gym. I mean, yes, it's nice to exercise in honor of Shabbos, no doubt, especially with the extra calories we put on, particularly in a sequence like this year when you have 72 hours straight of Yom Tov. But nevertheless, one is also meant to prepare for the festival and it's important that you do so. We have to find, not just passively, but we should seek out opportunities to personally engage and be involved in the preparations for Yom Tov. We don't just rely on others to get it done, even if we have domestic help at home and perhaps the domestic matters are, are taken care of. When we involve ourselves personally in the preparations, we are thereby according honor to the Yom Tov. And the more we do, the better it is, of course, as is discussed throughout Jewish law and literature, it's important that we each do our part. So the preparations usually begin a few days before, well, today's Thursday, and you just have today and tomorrow pretty much. So obviously, probably most of the preparations will take place tomorrow, 
unlike a year when Shab- when Yamtiv goes into Shabbos where there's an air of Tavshilim, this year it's Shabbos going into Yamtiv. So it is probably a good idea to get most of the things done well in advance because obviously on Shabbos one is prohibited from getting involved in any preparations for after Shabbos. So as much as you could get done in advance is advisable so you're not left Saturday night when the stars come out with having to do all the preparations just then. So make sure that you take care of everything very well in advance, whether it's shopping for the items that you need for Yom Tov, and uh, no doubt there's lots of things that everyone needs. You could think from, from obviously it's dependent on your specific uh, particular taste, and obviously referring, you know, making sure that the traditional foods that you're going to enjoy and a Shabbos Yom Tov meal generally is supposed to include meat and fish and and, and uh, wine. So all those goodies to make sure you have those taken care of well in advance, especially with this year's schedule of Shabbos going into Yom Tov. So make sure you have all your candles for candle lighting, particularly a Yisker candle. I would recommend getting a 48-hour candle or even a seven-day candle that will not be extinguished so you can have it throughout. Halachically speaking, you can ask a Gentile to turn on your oven for you on Yom Tov, not on Shabbos, but ideally one should leave their oven or stovetop on throughout. If someone's going to turn it on for you, then you have to be engaged and involved in the preparation of the food and putting it into the oven. So just to think these things through in advance and making sure you have enough chalas, Minimum of seven, I would say, depending on how many guests you have. But in order to have the Mishnah, Lecha Mishnah, it's important that you have all that prepared in advance. And besides for meat and fish, it's a custom on Shavuos to also have dairy dishes. So make sure you have some cheese, some blintzes, some milchigs. To have flowers as a way of celebrating Yom Tov. To make sure you have books to study because it's a tradition to stay awake throughout the night on Saturday night, the first night of Yom Tov. Although I must remind you that as important as it is, as significant as it is to stay awake throughout the night, it is more important to hear the Ten Commandments read in shul on Sunday. So if staying awake throughout the night is going to preclude that, then perhaps it's a better idea to better just be in shul. Maybe stay awake a little bit later than usual. Make sure your home is beautifully prepared. That the the house is clean, it's tidy, it's neat, it's beautiful, it, that the, the beds are made, that the, the house looks sparkling and ready for Yom Tev in every way possible, and you have the most delicious, tasty foods with which to enjoy the Yom Tev. And the Gemara tells us that this includes also, that the Halacha says to make sure that everyone has something special for the Yom Tev, whether it's nice foods for the men, or jewelry and nice clothing for the woman and, and treats for the children. So these are all nice things to do and make sure that you are ready for this Yom Tov as it is a very special holiday, the holiday that we get ready for receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai. And we want the Yom Tov to be infused with joy. You want to experience it in the most jubilant way possible. So do all that you can to make sure that it is properly ready for that experience in the most splendid and beautiful way. And yourself as well, whether it's personal grooming and uh, 
your whatever that requires, your, your manicures and pedicures, the mikvah for men who have a custom yomtev to go to the mikvah before. Then I mentioned flowers. Well, the flowers are an important part of Shavuot celebrations. Firstly, they remind us of the happiness of receiving the Torah. Certainly flowers add to that joy. And it also reminds us of the, the idea that the Medrash tells us that Mount Sinai miraculously sprouted greenery when God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai. In fact, the Medrash gives a metaphor of a king who sent his workers to pick the fruits in an orchard, but the orchard was filled with thorns. So the king was about to have the orchard flattened when one rose was found. And for that one rose, the king saved the entire orchard. Similarly, the Medrash says that God was prepared to destroy the whole world, seeing that there was a lack of piety in it. And then he found that we were prepared to receive the Torah, and God saved us, and saved the entire world in the merit of us willing, being willing to accept the Torah. So we adorn our homes with flowers to remind us of this Midrashic analogy. And there are obviously other reasons as well. We know that Shavuot says Chag HaBikurim. It's a festival when we bring our first fruits. So by decorating our homes with greenery, it reminds us to pray for our fruit-bearing trees because also we say that God makes judgments about the productivity of fruit during the festival of Shavuos. I know it's not Tu B'Shvat, but these are some of the insights that I mentioned in many of the sources about the festival of Shavuos and why we decorate our homes with flowers. So if that's your custom, then take the time to go out there, go to the, your favorite preferred florist and get some extra beautiful flowers in honor of the holiday of Shavuos. We'll be right back in a moment and discuss other ways of getting ready for the Yom Tov of Shavuos to be ready in the most splendid and beautiful way possible. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kivman. And before we proceed with our discussion about getting ready for Shavuos just a few days away, and of course, Yantav is ushered in with lighting the candles, bringing in, shining your light into the world. Now, certainly, tomorrow evening, candle lighting will be at 5.05 p.m. But on Saturday night, when Shavuos begins, do not light your candles before 5.57 p.m. And that is Johannesburg time. On Sunday evening, you can light candles after 5.57 as well. So make sure that you light the, the candles at the right time. Bring that light into the world. Bring the light into your home. Spread the light wherever you might be. Of course, the mitzvah of lighting candles pertains to women, but any men who are home alone for Yom Tov will not be with the presence of women in the home, then certainly a man should be lighting the candles as well. On Saturday night, after the stars come out, unlike a regular night when you might have a mire of early, particularly on the Yom Tov of Shavuos, we make sure to start the Yom Tov prayers a little bit later than usual in order to ensure that we have completed seven full weeks of the Omer counting, and therefore, by counting 
by praying even er any earlier, firstly, it's not Yom Tov yet, and secondly, we want to make sure that the Omer count is complete of seven full weeks. So the evening prayers for Saturday night are pretty similar, actually, to a regular evening davening until you get to the Amidah. The Amidah, the Shemona Esrei, is different. It is a different for, it would be what you would say on Yom Tov, but the theme, the central theme of this prayer is our gratitude to God for choosing us from among all the nations and giving us the holiday of Shavuos in which we receive the Torah. And so we also ask God to grant us blessings of life, of joy, of merriment on this holy day. When we say the passage, that God has selected us from among all the nations, we realize that this is the holiday. This is the time to focus on that. When God gave us the Torah, when God chose us, what does it mean to be the chosen people? Chosen for following the Torah and observing its commandments. The central blessing of the Amidah that is recited throughout Shavuos. We conclude with the words, Mekadesh Yisrael ve'azimanim, which means that God sanctifies Israel and the times. You see, on Shabbos, the central blessing is Mekadesh Shabbos. God sanctifies Shabbos. God alone sanctifies it because Shabbos happens every single week without any human contribution. Every seventh day, when the sun sets on Friday, Shabbos, the holiness of that day, spontaneously begins. But it is us who sanctify Yom Tov. How? Because the months are determined by us. We, last Shabbos, blessed the new coming month of Sivan, which began yesterday, began two days ago. So we are the ones who determine what day of the month, what day of what day is going to be Rosh Chodesh? In ancient Israel, we know it was the Sanhedrin, the high Jewish court, who would declare the opening of a new month on the basis of the testimony from witnesses who saw the new moon. Since the new month depends on the Jewish people, because it had to be by the testimony of witnesses who saw the sighting of the new moon, it wasn't just an arbitrary date, Therefore, we thank God for sanctifying us, the Jewish people, which empowers us to sanctify the days of the month and to dictate when the holiday would occur. Of course, on a spiritual level, this means that Shabbos is a gift that we receive from above that God gave us. But Yom Tev is a gift that we give to God from below. In life, God gives us so many blessings. But the gift we give God is what we do with those blessings. Here is a good example that God gives us the ability to determine what day is going to be Rosh Chodesh so we can sanctify time and thereby we determine when the holiday would be. So it comes with this extra precious element that we can decide the day of the holiday. And think about that as well. I know that in Israel, it's only one day of Yom Tov. So Sunday night, Shavuos is over in Israel. But here in the diaspora, we get to sanctify an extra day. We get to, to transform a, another ordinary weekday, what would be otherwise just a Monday, and turn it into Yom Tov, into a holy day. You know, one of the special Shabbos moments that I enjoy every week is singing Shalom Aleichem and Eishas Chayel 
with my children, with my family, with the guests, with all the people joining us for our Shabbos meal. But on Yom Tov, we don't sing Shalom Aleichem. Unlike Shabbos Kiddush, which is a biblical obligation, Kiddush and Yom Tov is rabbinic. So all the laws that pertain to Kiddush and Shabbos also pertain to Kiddush and Yom Tov, except that we aren't, we aren't given the very same circumstances on Yom Tov as we are Shabbos. So therefore, we don't sing the Shalom Aleichem and Eshet Chayel on a Yom Tov night. But we do have a very special Kiddush. And this year, the Kiddush sequence is called Yak Nahaz. Because it is on a Saturday night, the order is Yayin Kiddush Ner Havdala Zaman, which is an, it's an acronym telling us the order, the sequence in which the blessings of the Kiddush are recited. So make sure to have a wonderful Yom Tov meal, enjoying quality time with your family, with your friends. And within the Kiddush, there's actually something that stands out to me because we say on Yom Tov, Mikra Kaddish. Unlike Shabbos, which is inherently holy, Yom Tov is a holy convocation. It is called holy. Shabbos is transcendent and cannot lower itself into the world. It is automatically a holy day. Yom Tov is not as transcendent. It, it's on a weekday. It's an ordinary Sunday. So on Yom Tov, we can call, we summon the holiness down into the world. We're transforming a regular weekday into a holy day, which is a different way, uh, a different holiness, a different element. So in the Kiddush, we say that Hashem is Kiddushanu, um, that we say that Kiddushanu that God sanctified us with His commandments. Another way of understanding Kiddushanu B'mitzvah, particularly relevant to Shavuos, is that Kiddushanu, is the betrothal, a kedushin at a wedding. So as we say these words, we reflect on the fact that God kedushin, God betrothed us. This is like the marriage of God and the Jewish people that occurred at Mount Sinai, another insight to, to consider. Of course, like every Shabbos, we have our meal, which starts off with a hamotzi, with two loaves, as would any Shabbos be, but particularly relevant to Shavuos, because Shavuos was a festival when two loaves were offered, the Shtei Alechem, which I'll, I'll touch on just now, which is particularly why we have two separate meals on Shavuos, which would be distinguished, one being a meat meal, one being, well, rather one first being a milk meal, and the other being a meat meal, in order to remember the Shavuos offerings. And so a Yom Tov meal, some people like to have dairy at night, others have meat meal. It's probably more realistic if you want to fulfill the Yom Tov obligations to have a meat meal at night. But be it as it may, if you're having a meat meal at night or a dairy meal, the only benefit of a dairy meal is that it will, you could drink coffee through the night and keep yourself awake because you know that it is a tradition on Shavuos this coming Saturday night that we remain up throughout the entire night, we remain awake, not just partying, though partying is a nice thing to do as well, celebration, but studying. So our sages tell us that the day we receive the Torah, we know, as we just mentioned, is like a betrothal, a marriage ceremony between God and ourselves, where we committed to Hashem and God commit reciprocated to us. In the time leading up to a wedding, we know the bride's entourage always spent time beautifying and adorning her so that she will look her very best 
at her wedding. And similarly, in that sense, we spend the hours before the marriage, before this betrothal of God and the Jewish people, before we receive the Torah, preparing. This is our beautification. In fact, what do we study throughout the night? Tikkun Lel Shavuos. Now the word Tikkun has multiple meanings. I'll discuss the less, the less uh, romantic meaning in a moment. But the more romantic one, so to say, is the meaning of the word Tikkun is Tikkun as an adornment. Just like the bride adorns herself before her wedding, well, we adorn ourselves throughout the night by studying Torah, getting ready to receive the Torah on Sunday morning. But also the Medrash tells us that the night before God gave the Torah to our ancestors, they slept. They slept so deeply that when God arrived to give them the Torah at Mount Sinai, they were still asleep according to the Medrash. So we try to rectify that mistake by studying Torah throughout the night, showing our anticipation or our precipitation to receive the Torah. And that's the other meaning of the word Tikkun Lel Shavuos. The book that we study throughout the night in preparation is a Tikkun. It is a rectification to fix up what we messed up then. And the book, the Tikkun, comprises many different aspects. The first three and last three passages of every chapter in the written Torah. In addition to that, there are certain parts of it that are particularly emphasized, such as the narrative of creation and our exodus from Egypt, as well as the splitting of the sea and the giving of the Torah. Those sections are complete, but otherwise you get to peruse through the Torah pretty much by having the first and last three passages of, is it every chapter of the written Torah or every Parsha? I don't remember. We'll have to check up my tikkun later. Then we have the first and last passages of each Mishnah and tractate of the Talmud. And you have a list of the 613 mitzvahs. You have selections of the Zohar. There is other aspects, I'm not remembering offhand, that are included. But basically the idea is that when you go through the Tikkun Nel Shavuos, you study this book that allows you to scan the entire corpus of the Torah, the written Torah as well as the oral Torah, the commandments and the mystical concealed dimensions, the Kabbalistic aspect of Torah. And thereby, you are able to experience the entire gift of Torah that God gave us 3,334 years ago, but that we re-experience each year on this day. Another part that we actually read an entire passage of, before I forget, is the Book of Ruth. And many have the custom to chant the whole Book of Ruth in Shul on the first morning, on Sunday morning of Shavuos, before reading the Ten Commandments from the Torah. Why? Well, the truth is, if you attend a Chabad shul, then you'll read it Saturday night. If you are going to an Ashkenaz shul, then chances are you will be reading it on Shavuos in the morning. There's, I gave a whole series on the Book of Ruth, but the, the basic, in a nutshell, is that the, the Book of Ruth tells the story of Ruth, who was the ancestress of King David. She was a Moabite princess, and she and her sister Orpah, they left the grandiose life of their Moabite lifestyle, and they sacrificed a life of luxury, living a poor, simple life. But whereas Arpa went back to to her, um, went back, went back to Moab, 
it was Ruth who stuck with her mother-in-law and Ruth was the one who stayed and remained committed to the Jewish people despite the challenges and struggles that it took, even with discrimination. But her piety was noticed by Boaz, who was a very prominent Jewish leader at the time. And before he met her, he was ruthless. But now they got married and together they married it to have their children of which King David was a descendant, a great-grandson. So considering that Shavuos is the birthday and yardside, the passing anniversary of King David, so it's appropriate that we read about his pious ancestress. But more than that, the book of Ruth describes the harvest, which we know that it was during the harvest when Boaz noticed Ruth's piety. So considering that this is a harvest festival, all Jewish holidays have an agricultural connection as well. Well, this being the harvest season in Israel, it's appropriate to read the book of Ruth on the festival of Shavuos. It's also the festival of, of Bikurim, where we bring our first fruits. So it's all intricately connected. But there's another aspect of Ruth being read on Shavuos. Ruth was the quintessential convert to Judaism. She embraced the Jewish life with all her heart and soul. She made a great sacrifice to do so. And her story teaches us that those who sacrifice greatly for their Judaism, especially those who give up a previously perhaps easier lifestyle in order to embrace Judaism, it is something tremendous. And in fact, on Shavuos, in a sense, we, the Jewish people, are all converts to Judaism because this is when God gave us the Torah. So therefore, Shavuos is an appropriate time for us to read about the story of a great convert to Judaism, none other than Ruth, who sets that example. And that's another reason why we read the book of Ruth on Shavuos. We'll be right back after these messages. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul, writing our 101.9. Chai FM, I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kivman, and we are continuing with our discussion, getting ready for the festival of Shavuos just a few days away. And we talked about staying awake throughout the night and the additional learning that we do, and the book of Ruth that is recited on Shavuos in the morning before the Torah reading. Don't forget about Halal as well, because every day we know is a gift. Every breath is a miracle. We sing God's praises for these miracles every day. When it comes to a time of joy and salvation, when we've experienced an extra dosage, an extra measure of God's love and protection, so we gather as a community and we sing Hashem's praises, we acknowledge that every detail in our lives is orchestrated by our loving Father in heaven. And with that, we have tremendous to be grateful for, which in fact is very much the theme of Shavuos with the Bikurim that our ancestors used to offer in the temple on Shavuos, the idea of being grateful to God for all the gifts that we have. And we have plenty to be grateful for today as well. So when you sing your Hallel, that stimulates feelings of love and gratitude that are experienced both, both personally as well as collectively. And when God sees our joy and our gratefulness, our gratitude, our appreciation for all the good that God does for us, there's no doubt that just like when you, when you, when you praise a fellow human being, it creates good feelings. It awakens a desire within the other individual to be positively predisposed and loving 
So the same with Hashem. God delights in our prayers. And what, even though, it, yes, it's important to remember that God does not need our prayers. We need to praise Hashem. But it, it deepens our bond with God. It fans the, fa- the flames of love. And it brings to the surface our feelings of gratitude to God for all the good that God does for us. So no doubt, as Yantav comes in, we make sure to sing extra praise to Hashem. And that is accomplished through Hallel. And after Hallel, most communities will recite the Book of Ruth, which is followed by another beautiful tradition on Shavuos that many communities do before the Torah reading, and that is reciting Akdamas. It's a beautiful, poetic um, composition that many communities chant that is a really elaborate, poetic ode to Hashem. And it's read responsibly. The leader will, will read the first two stanzas and the congregation responds with the next two stanzas. It's written in the alphabetical order. It's actually in Aramaic, not even in Hebrew, but of course in, in Hebrew writing. And it begins with praises of God's greatness that Hashem transcends all description. And it goes on to describe the myriads of angels that God created and the way in which they praise God. It proclaims our allegiance to Hashem and no one else and concludes with a description of the miraculous events that will take place when Mashiach comes in the future. The Agdamas was written by Rabbi Meir ben Yitzchak Nehorai and he in fact embedded his own name as an act, uh, as part of the acrostic of the, after the alphabetical order, you get his name included in the acrostic of the prayers. So he even included that for for uh, extra good measure, and that is part of the additional prayers that are added on Shavuos before the Torah reading. But of course, it's the Torah reading itself that is the highlight of the Shavuos holiday, because as we discussed, that this is the holiday when we received the Torah from God at Mount Sinai 3,334 years ago. And of course, at Matan Torah, this is the time that we renew our commitment and receiving of the Torah on this day. So, of course, this is the most important aspect and element, the most significant highlight of the holiday of Shavuos, when we celebrate God's giving us the Torah. So even the tune with which the Balkara, the Torah reader, will read it aloud is read with, with extra emphasis, with, with concentration, with passion, with zeal, with a particular tune that is reserved only for reading the Ten Commandments, not the typical Torah reading. And so as you hear the Torah being read on Sunday, make sure you're there at Shul. That's the most important highlight of this holiday. But also visualize yourself standing there at Mount Sinai and seeing the thunder and, and hearing the lightning and experiencing God's voice and tone the commandments. Once you are able to, to visualize yourself there and experience that euphoric inner joy as we celebrate receiving the Torah, then you know you fulfilled the purpose of this holiday. And it's most important, not only for the adults to be at shul, but for the little children as well. Because as we discussed, that when God asks for guarantors to ensure that the Torah will be continued and perpetuated into the next future generations, 
our ancestors offered the children. And only once God heard that the children would be the guarantors, only then did God give us the Torah. So certainly make sure that the children are involved. Most shuls in our community will certainly have activities, fun things for the children. You could certainly bring them to our shul. We'll have an ice cream party and other dairy delights for young and young at heart. So be there, be present. Of course, after the Torah reading is Musaf, but right after Musaf, and in particularly this year, where, uh, well, not just this year, particularly this holiday, you know, they say, what's a cow's favorite prayer? It's the Musaf. Well, no doubt, with all the dairy delights that will be in Shul, certainly the cows will be so delighted that you come to Shul, but we'll all be delighted. Because on Shavuos, it is customary to eat dairy dishes, to eat milchik foods. And there are various reasons for it, of which we do not have time today to elaborate too much. But just a few ideas of why we eat dairy on Shavuos. When the Torah was given, the Jews became obliged. They were obligated now to observe the kosher dietary laws. So the meat that they prepared in advance wasn't slaughtered ritually according to the proper way as is deemed kosher. So uh, in that way, their their utensils, everything they had probably wouldn't be kosher, would have to be koshered. And since it was Shabbos, according to tradition, the day that God gave us the Torah in the year 2448 from creation, they weren't able to slaughter new animals or to kosher the dishes. So they had to eat dairy. And so we commemorate that idea. But there are other reasons as well. The dairy and meat meals that we eat, as I mentioned before, having two separate meals reminds us of the Shteh the two loaf bread offerings that were brought in the temple on Shavuos. Also reminds us of the day which we received the Torah, right? That's Shavuos, what we're celebrating. And the Torah is compared to honey and milk. So we recall that by eating sweet treats Cheesecake, what do you get better than cheesecake, which has got honey and milk in it? Also, in yesteryear, long ago, little children were inaugurated into formal Torah learning on Shavuos. So to to celebrate this, the festive occasion, they would serve cakes that were baked with honey and milk, as is traditional to give children who start their study of learning Torah. So all these ideas, including the concept that the very word for milk, chalav, has an American value of 40. And Moses spent 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai. So all that is commemorated and symbolized by eating dairy on Shavuos. There are many, many, many other reasons which we'll not have the time to go into today. But go to our website, ChabadSouthAfrica.org, where you can learn all about Shavuos. And you'll find many more reasons for the consumption of milk dishes on Shavuos. So just make sure that if you're going to have a meat meal right after, you are going to rinse your mouth as is halachically required, and then enjoy a second meal that would be of meat if you're not vegan or vegetarian. And this, of course, is all about celebrating Yom Tov in the most beautiful and pleasant way that we are meant to celebrate our holidays. Of course, probably the best way to celebrate Shavuos is actually by studying the Torah. That's the gift that God gave us on this holiday. So spend some time studying it. And if you are in 
my presence, usually we spend our Yom Tov afternoon with our kids visiting residents at the retirement facilities nearby, as well as visiting patients in the hospital. Very important, as you celebrate your holidays, you bring joy to your family, don't neglect, don't forget those who are not going to be able to experience that joy themselves. Go visit somebody who is, who is perhaps not in the most joyous mood. And that's another beautiful way of celebrating this holiday. Since we are outside of Israel here, we will do the same thing again on the second day. But we don't have to stay awake the whole Sunday night. The reason we do a second day holiday, just to remind us of why, that we are outside the land of Israel. And this goes back to the days when the beginning of Jewish months was determined by the Sanhedrin, by the high Jewish court. And back then, Jews outside of Israel, who didn't know when the month began, because they didn't see the fires in Israel, and by the time a messenger could get to them to tell them when Rosh Chodesh was, perhaps the holiday of Shavuos would have passed. Now the truth is, Shavuos not so much, because you would be counting the days from the previous, uh, you're counting the days from Pesach, from the second day of Pesach, count 50 days and then comes Shavuos. But certainly for other holidays, because the people outside of Israel did not know what day Rosh Chodesh was determined, so they would add an additional day. And in, just in case the previous month was 30 days rather than 29, as we know the lunar cycle to know when Rosh Chodesh was determined. So outside of Israel, we have a second day of Shavuos. The only major difference I would say that we have on the second day of Shavuos is when we recite Yisker. Yisker is a very special memorial prayer for our beloved departed, and it's recited four times a year on Yom Kippur, Shemini Atzeres, last day Pesach, and on the second day Shavuos outside of Israel, or the only day Shavuos in Israel. The word Yisker itself means to remember. It's the first word of the prayer, and so it represents the overall general theme of this prayer. In During Yisker, we beseech God to remember favorably the souls of our relatives who have passed on and in the merit of the good deeds and the charity that we will give in their honor, they should experience, they should merit alias neshama, that their soul could reach a higher plane. And our sages tell us that there are certain spiritually elevated times of the year when God is extra near. And so this particular time of the year when it, we commemorate God's giving us the Torah, there's no doubt that the very same symptoms that were present 3,334 years ago are here now as well on this, on this time. So we utilize this moment to invoke that, that prayer of Yisker that our beloved departed will merit this Elias Neshama because on high in Paradise, it's not a monolithic world. It's one that's comprised of a myriad of dimensions and levels. In fact, if you want to learn more about it, come join us at a brand new exciting course that we're starting next week called Journey of the Soul. In fact, there are many locations countrywide where you could study about Journey of the Soul. Just go to myjli.org.za to find a location closest to you where you could join this course. And in this course, we're going to discuss the journey of the soul. The soul yearns to ascend from one level to the next. But we know that after one is passed on from this world, one is no longer able to perform the mitzvahs, the good deeds that you were able to do in this world. In this world, we're able to do another mitzvah, another kind act, and thereby acquire merit. But once a soul is in the next world, 
the spiritual revelations that it did in the past during its lifetime, that is no longer accessible in that sense. So in order for the soul to be able to progress higher and deeper on high, it is it needs the actions that we take. We can intervene, we could do good deeds, mitzvahs here that will benefit the soul in its afterlife. So when we do something in honor of our beloved departed, in memory of the deceased, we give the soul a new elevation on high. Because a mitzvah has the power to affect not only this physical world, but also the spiritual world. So a soul in Ganeda and in paradise um, has this ability to experience an elevation by the actions and behaviors that we do here in this world. So we're able to benefit the soul that it lifts higher than it could reach in the spiritual realm on its own, by its own good deeds of the past, by us doing mitzvahs here in honor of our loved ones. So let's do what we can. And don't forget to pay up your pledges. We pledge to give tzedakah in honor of our loved ones, and we actually do the tzedakah. Then we are doing the yiskar, and anyone who has a, who has lost a parent, or any other relative who is one of one's closest, whether, God forbid, a, a sibling or a child or spouse will recite the Yiskar prayer and thereby bring merit to their loved ones. Remember, it's Yom Tov. Enjoy, celebrate, eat, drink, be happy, sing songs, learn Torah, visit the sick, bring joy, uplift someone else's spirits and celebrate Shavuos in the best way possible. In the Chabad tradition, we end the Yom Tov with singing songs and sharing Torah insights and conclude after Ma'ariv without Sfira Sa'amar counting. But then we recite Havdalah. Havdalah, of course, is the ceremony that distinguishes between the holy day and the mundane day mundane weekdays. So don't forget to do so and to celebrate Shavuos in whatever way you can. Make it a most splendid, beautiful holiday. A holiday of thanking God for giving us the Torah, this very special gift which God chose us, the Jewish people, for. And to be grateful as we are with the Bikurim. To thank God for all the blessings we have in our life. Let us express that gratitude and lift our spirits and celebrate this beautiful Yom Tov of Shavuos. Chag Sameach to everyone. Have a beautiful Shabbos, a meaningful, splendid Yom Tov. And as the blessing goes, may you receive the Torah once again with joy and internal deep meaning. Chag Sameach.